Hello, and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more. All from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review for you. And this is one that I know you requested, Adam. I know we both listen to this guy. In fact, I'm pretty sure everyone and their mother (laughs) listens to this guy. Or has, because he's been around for a long time. It may not seem like it's been that long, but he's been around for a while. And people think he keeps disappearing and he just comes up, and that's not true. He's always there. He's kind of lurking in the background. It definitely. I mean, I think his first album came out, I think it was 83 uh, or, or around then. Um, but, yeah, the guy has always got stuff going on. Uh, you know, I've actually seen him in concert, which was absolutely fantastic. He puts on one hell of a live concert. So if anybody... Uh, you know, was thinking about going, do it. Adam, who are we talking about? Well, of course, we are talking about Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, he is, a, <laughs> if you don't know him, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know Weird Al, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I want your listenership, honestly. <laughs> Forgetting what he said, we want you. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, he is a comedic, par- known for parody uh, and comedy albums, uh, probably his parody songs are what he's most well known for. Um, as you mentioned, this is one that I kind of brought up. So when I, when we were younger, um, you know, we we all had like our different set of cassette of cassette tapes that we would like listen to in the car or wherever. And um, I had a couple different Weird Al tapes. Specifically, even worse was the first Weird Al album that I had. Uh, I had even worse, and then off the deep end. And then um, Alapalooza. Um, so I had all of those tapes, and they were just fantastic. Of course, I've, I kept kind of collecting Weird Al stuff, and I, I just I listened to it, you know, plenty of times. I love the music videos, and I'll talk about you know a couple of those on here at least. Well, just like one of them really. But um, you know, he's the dude is. I mean, I, I love him more than I love a lot of the people he parodies. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say. Compared to most of the people he parodies, I would prefer him over a lot of them. Yeah, and and, and especially <laughs> especially nowadays, but it's because I'm old and I don't listen to music. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, and a lot of the times, like you know, when I when I hear some of those songs start off, like I only think of Weird Al's version first. Like I'm not gonna lie, when Gangsters Paradise starts, I want to sing Amish Paradise. Like I want I want to sing as like, <laughs> you know. I can immediately go to those lyrics and same with like all about the Benjamin slash Pentiums. Um, right. I mean, there's so many of them. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, I don't think we'll probably get to another Weird Al album. Maybe we will eventually, but we have a bunch of other ones to get through first before we want to start duplicating, uh, you know, artists. But he's got so much good stuff. And, you know, a lot of them. You just really, you really know him only for his singles. So I'm really happy and excited that we got to go back and listen to a full album because I honestly have only really been listening to my essential Weird Al when I go and listen to him for a long time. And so uh, this is this is a lot of fun going back and like listening to you know a lot of the smaller stuff that you just you don't really remember. So if you haven't figured out, we're actually going to be talking about the album even worse. We haven't actually said which oh, album yeah. we're doing yet. So <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, shit. They you know they've they've probably seen the thumbnail or you know saw it on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure, or the title of the episode. Exactly. So even worse came out on April 12th of 1988. Uh, runs 
about just under 38 minutes, so a fairly short album, mm-hmm. put out in, on the Rock and Roll and Scotty Brothers labels, and it was produced by Rick Derringer. Is that the gun guy? No, not not Derringer Guns. That is much older. <laughs> no, Rick Derringer uh, was known for having a popular song in the, I believe it was the 70s? Yeah, it was the 70s called Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Yeah, I've heard that. I think I don't even know if it goes that way, but I've definitely heard it before. So he's mostly known for that. Um, he was also known as a member of a band called the McCoys uh, in the '60s, who had the hit "Hang On Sloopy." Yeah, that's a great song. So he was part of that band and then went solo in the 70s and then started working with uh, a bunch of other people. He, most notably, he worked with Weird Al. Um, he also worked with uh, the World Wrestling Federation, back when it was called that, yeah. <laughs> to, cre- to create entrance songs for a couple of guys. I think he did one for Hulk Hogan, and then he did one for a wrestler called Demolition. Did did he do Real American Hero? That... that, uh, that uh song for uh, for Hulk Hogan. I hope that's the one because that is such a fucking like 80s song. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. Yeah, that's it. We're the real American. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> but it is it is so Hulk Hogan. Adam, did you have anything else to add before we went dive before we dive into this? One thing I just thought was, you know, pretty impressive. Uh this album peaked at uh 27 on the Billboard 200. Um it became Weird Al's best-selling album. Um I think uh, just at the time, probably not of his entire career. And also this was Weird Al's first platinum album. Uh, so this was this was kind of like, you know, he, he had some other stuff before this, but this is where he is really start starting to get big. And I think, you know, particularly once we get into really the first song, the MTV generation, uh, just mm-hmm. th- th- that really helped explode him. Uh, yeah, this is actually his fifth studio album. And oddly enough, out of all the albums he's ever put out, this one and the very first one are the only ones that don't have any uh, polka pa- parodies in them. Oh, okay. Most of his albums he'll put on one track that's like a medley, a mm-hmm. polka medley of popular songs. Yeah. Or he'll just do a polka version of it. This one and his very first one are the only two that don't have any of those. Yeah. And and some of those polka songs are actually pretty damn good and they're impressive and oh, fun. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone will disagree. Weird Al is quite possibly one of uh, one of the greatest musicians yeah. Yeah. we have going today. And honestly, if I were going to do an album, I would possibly ask him to produce it because he's definitely got an ear. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I, I know he does a lot of more of producing in his, his latest stuff. So, uh, f- Actually, looking at the list of people he's parodying, first of all, this album um, is just seems like it's a love letter to the 80s. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Be- because he runs the gamut, I think, of musical styles 
from the 80s that he's parroting. Mm-hmm. And you can totally hear it when you're listening to it. Um, if you've never listened to a Weird Al album before, he does do direct parodies of songs, which are the ones that typically get played the most. But he also does style parodies. So he'll write an original song in the style of a specific group or you know, sets of bands or something like that in a certain mm-hmm. style of music. Yeah, and those typically aren't as popular as the other ones, but they are, you know, for the Weird Al fans, those, some of those songs are just as good. And then there's a couple in here that are just sort of direct originals, ones that he wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, thinking of any uh, anything specific as he wrote it. Yep. So uh, before we actually get into the track, I want to just kind of talk about the people who are on it because a lot of these guys are still with him now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously Weird Al Yankovic uh, was was lead vocals. He also plays keyboards, accordion. He's well known as a great uh, accordion player. Uh, Jim West uh, is his is a guitar player. Also, you know, does mandolin back background vocals. A lot of these guys do more than just one instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his bass player is Steve J, who also played banjo on the track. Um, his longtime drummer is a guy named John bermuda schwartz that guy is quite possibly one of the most talented drummers i've ever heard because he always has to emulate completely Mm. different styles he's incredibly versatile nice that makes a lot of sense yeah all of their his artists kind of have to be massively versatile thinking about it you know they they have to copy any style and they almost have to be like 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 studio musicians where they can just jump into any style or any band and it works exactly uh rick derringer did play guitar on a track Nice. And then he had a couple of other people. I'm just going to go ahead and, and list them just because uh, I feel like they, they should be recognized. Uh, Kim Ballard uh, played synthesizer. Joe Sublet played saxophone. Ronnie Jay did some record scratching, uh, I imagine, on the uh, the second to last track, which mm. we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. And then Nicolette Larson did some background vocals, and she uh, is best known for having a hit in the late 70s called Lot of Love. up to number eight on the u.s charts it was kind of a kind of a pseudo disco mm-hmm. track okay kind of a disco ballad if you will i don't know it's kind of weird <laughs> okay it sounds very 70s when you hear it so and those are the sort of the big name people involved and unless you have anything else adam uh let's get fat yeah baby too late too late <laughs> your butt is wide well mine is too just watch your mouth, or I'll sit on you. The word is out, better treat me right. Cause I'm the king of cellulite. Ham on, ham on, ham on whole wheat. Alright. Or stout, just to tell me once again who's fat. 
All right. So obviously this one is parroting Michael Jackson's bad. In fact, the front cover of his album, he's parroting the front cover of Michael Jackson's album, mm-hmm. which is funny because it, the name of Jackson's album was bad, so mm-hmm. he called his even worse. So it all ties yeah. in. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. Actually, my son loves this song. <laughs> Good. Oh, so you've gotten him into Weird Al. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, Good. he's listened to quite a few. That's fantastic. Um, I, he, I think he only has a couple of songs that he really likes. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. That he, he really likes listening to because, you know, it's funny. He's talking about being fat. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say about Weird Al is he does a very good job of kind of wordsmithing. Mm-hmm. Like his lyrics. They're great. He paints a lot of really good pictures with, you know, for for as silly as it generally is, he puts a lot of effort into, you know, what he's saying, making sure that it's, you know, not just a goofy parody, but actually, you know, it goes somewhere. For me... I'm a big Michael Jackson fan, so I already, I I love the song Bad, so of course I fucking love the song Fat. Um, You know, I I, I adore Weird Al, and so this song is so good. Uh, It peaked at uh, 99 on the uh, Billboard Hot 100, so it barely, barely got in (laughs) in the top 100, but it it got in there. Um, And... Uh, also, this song uh, later it, it won a Grammy for Weird Al uh, for um, best concept music video uh, at the '89 Grammy Awards. So let's so let's I want to talk about that music video because yeah. obviously he's parodying Michael Jackson's video and he he almost parodies it you know to a T, um, just <laughs> doing it fat you know and right. really the opening of that music video is just. Perfect, because it's he's he's acting just like MJ was, you know, when when those kind of like thug guys come up to him and are like, you know, you're not bad, and for of course for him it's like, oh, you're not fat, and he's you know he's himself, uh, he's pretty skinny at the moment, and he's he just I, I, you just gotta watch it. It's so fucking perfect because not only is the song just an absolute fantastic parody of it, the music video is a fantastic parody of the of the MJ music video. Um, the lyrics work so well. And I love, you know, when he blows himself up fat, it's just hilarious. You know, when you get to see the visuals of fat along with just hearing it, that's what really makes it stand out to me. And this, that's why no, no wonder, like I watched it. I probably seen this music video hundred damn times on MTV back in the day. (laughs) And it is, it's just, it's amazing. Um, Honestly, we've we've kind of peaked here. We're at the <laughs> we're in number one, and we've peaked. He we he blew his load a little too early on this album, but it's still a solid album. Then we'll we'll talk more about that. But I mean, this song is one of the main songs he's known for, and I think for a good reason. Um, it is just as you put it, wordsmithing the way he you know he talks the way he talks about being fat and makes jokes about every little thing, you know, about what I, what he's, one of the lines is what, like, uh, when he goes to the, to a, to get a shoe shine, he has to take their word for it, um, because he can't see it because he's fucking fat. You know, it, every little thing is just perfect about this song. Um, and I, I could just keep going on about how much I love it, but I really, I'm not, I would only say different words of how fucking awesome it is, but I mean, it, it, the thing about the music video in particular because of my love for MJ as well as Weird Al, I just had this gigantic shit-eating grin on my face while I was watching the music video, and I just couldn't help it. I was just so happy, just being like, oh my god, this is so good, and I hadn't watched it in forever. Uh, and so just kind of revisiting that made me, oh god, made me happy as hell. 
Uh, all right. Well, yeah. I think that's uh, pretty much as much as can be said about the fat. Mm. So we're going to move on to a Weird Al original called Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White. Now I'm being followed by these precious vines. They give me some Velcro and an order of fries. Suddenly I'm bowling on the Starship Enterprise. Adam, why don't you start off mm-hmm. on this one? So, yeah, as you mentioned, this is a original rock, kind of a rock song. Um, and I, I absolutely remember this song from the album. I definitely, you know, probably because it was right after Fat. You know, you, you hear it mm-hmm. and at the, at the early on the right at the beginning of the album as well. Um, this is kind of one of his more ridiculous story songs. And he has some amazing like story songs that just kind of like talk about just random weird shit um his probably his most famous is albuquerque uh which is probably my favorite weird al song of all time um trapped in the drive-thru is another amazing one if you don't know either of those or you don't know one of them go listen to them they're fantastic this one is you know not as uh, long and epic as those but it's kind of just this insane story about a dream he had he's just ridiculous dream <laughs> where he's you know trapped in a closet with vanna white and a whole bunch of other just crazy shit um this is not a top tier Weird Al song, in my opinion. I, I honestly, it's not terrible, and I I would never pick it out just to listen to it. I would never go like, oh man, you know what? I haven't heard "Stuck in a Closet" with Vanna White in a while. Uh, I'd be like, no. It, the the only way I'm doing this one is if it accidentally comes on while I'm playing, you know, Weird Al stuff while it's on shuffle, uh, or I just happen to listen to this album. Um, but in no way do I actually like really really like this song just myself i didn't have this album downloaded i had just sort mm. of bits and pieces because mm-hmm. uh, i had i had i i have a like just a really big weird Al greatest hits compilation mm-hmm. so i i hadn't downloaded the album so so i went back downloaded it and looked at the song list and most of these triggered memories like oh yeah i remember that i remember mm-hmm. that and I saw the second one. I was like, "Oh, I remember liking that when I was a kid." And then I listened to it, and I was like, "No, no, no, no. not so much. Not so much." Yeah, I th- I feel like not I was so the much. same way. <laughs> I liked it as a kid, but not yeah. not not so much anymore. It's uh, it's a little bit of a filler. It's the longest track on the album mm-hmm. at just under five minutes. I, maybe, and I'm guessing because it's kind of a relatively short album. Maybe that's why they put it on there. Yeah. Like you need a, a longer song to fill out. Yeah, it's definitely, in my opinion, probably one of the weaker songs on, on this album. Yeah, of the two originals that are on this, it's definitely the weaker of the two originals. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The I other, would agree. The other original is way better. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to a song. If I had to rank them, I would probably put Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White as the worst song on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, this next one, I would probably only put right above it. Oh fuck you! You're you're so oh, wrong. <laughs> no no no! Only because the song annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> that's but that's the point. Oh, li- all right, listen to it and then we'll talk. This song is just six words long. This song is just six words long. This song is just six, six words long. This song is just six words long. Come to me. 
As a parody, it's a perfect parody of the George Harrison song, Got My Mind Set on You. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it parodies and kind of makes fun of that song in a perfect way. Yeah. I just can't listen to that song for more than about a minute, and then I'm like, nope, I'm going to the next one. Yeah. I mean- uh, he, does such, he does such a good job of parodying it that yeah. I can't listen to it. He does. That's, that's, that's partly why I really, really like this song, is because it's- it's very genius on the parody because, you know, like fat, you know, that's just, hey, I'm changing the words around and, and going to make this, you know, song about being fat. It's funny. It's fantastic. But the song is just six words long is a parody where it's also really poking fun at the song that it's parodying, as you put it like that. But that's what makes it so goddamn genius. Um, and so I, that's probably why I really, really appreciate it even more. And it's so catchy. I mean, because I got my mind set on you is so catchy. Um, and I, I mean, yeah, that song, uh, if you can listen to, I got my mind set on you, then you can listen to this song. There's no, <laughs> there's true. no reason that this one should annoy you any more than that song. Now, maybe both of them annoy you equally. And I think that's valid, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, you know, I don't know, maybe I can just sit on, you know, six words on repeat on the loop you know, for a day and not have my mind, you know, uh, melt from in, insanity where other people might need it uh, to, to have variety in their life. But I, I'm OK with that song. I always liked this song as a kid, probably because it was so catchy. Um, mm-hmm. But as an adult, I like it even more because he's really, really p- poking fun at a song that literally is just fucking six words long. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's and this drives me crazy. It's it's the, not the title. The title is six words long, mm-hmm. but the chorus is seven words long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I got so, my so mindset on you. I got. Well, here's the thing. So Weird Al's title is this song's as oh. a song apostrophe s just six words long to make it six words long. But when he's singing, he clearly <laughs> articulates the word is uh. so it's seven <laughs> words long, not six. And it just, oh my god, it drives me so fucking crazy. <laughs> God, what a grammar just bastard you are. <laughs> Listen, my favorite Weird Al song oh. to date uh-huh. is Word Crime. That is a great song. I absolutely that it, love that one. I'm not terribly big on the on the original uh who the fuck's the guy who sings that? Uh um the original. It's, yeah, it's um Oh my god, Growing Pain's son. Growing Pain's dad's son. Um who's the Growing Pain's dad? I don't remember. You fucking don't remember. He died. He died in the Burbank ice rink from a heart attack. I remember all that shit, and I can't remember his goddamn name. Um, Patrick. Isn't that right? Uh, God damn it. Miley Cyrus twerked on this guy's dick on MTV's music I, video awards. I know. Robin Thicke. Alan, uh, yeah, Al- Alan Thicke okay, is Alan the dad. Okay. Alan Thicke's son, Robin, Robin Thicke. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that took us way longer than Oh, my have. God. Yeah. I can't really listen to that version, but I can listen to Word Crimes all day long. Yeah, I agree. Word Crimes is a is a better song, and the the way you put it, the wordsmithing in Word Crimes is so fucking fantastic. Um, but I know. you know, we're not we're not uh, talking mandatory fun because that's that album came out in 2014, so it's yes. not very nostalgic. 
<laughs> but you were make you were poking fun of me for grammar, and I was saying yeah, yeah. that being my favorite song. If you haven't seen the music um, video for that one, it's actually really good too. You know, there's no weird Al in it. It's all animation, but it's it it works really well for the you know for for the song it is. Yeah, I agree. So it just made me think of. Do you remember the original video for "Got My Mindset on You"? I remember George Harrison playing guitar, and that was about it. There was like a fucking squirrel playing piano or something like there was something <laughs> weird going on in the video. Okay, because because well. every time I even hear this song, I think of that video. Uh huh. Okay. Which unfortunately there was no music video for this one. I think this should have been a single, but uh, apparently producers did not. And rightfully so. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's move on. So. All right. To the next one, which is a style parody. Mm-hmm. When I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is just kind of a a parody of, you know, sort of a... I, at first, I was thinking, like, Devo. Mm, okay. But apparently, specifically, it's a style parody of Oingo Boingo, mm-hmm. which also makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is a song titled, You Make Me. You make me want to slam my head against the wall. You make me do the limbo. about this song is a couple things one he gets the sounds right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the little extra sounds that he uses in the background completely makes me think of you know weird science by oingo boingo yeah and which uh, uh if you didn't know danny elfman was in oingo boingo i know he was okay. the bass player and i yep. think the lead singer uh i don't remember if he was the lead singer but i know he was in it yeah. he was definitely the bass player i know that okay so it definitely it makes me think of that so it it it's doing what it's supposed to. It's a style parody of those types of bands. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing I love is most songs can almost be completely divided by four completely evenly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, any any true pop song you get will have that. Yeah. But he adds these two beats at the end of uh, the phrase. One, two, boom. And then it starts over again. And so, you would think that either yeah. there would be two beats or two rests afterwards, mm-hmm. but he just jumps right into the phrase again. Oh. So so is it in 6-4 or is it uh, no, in 4-4? Four, four? it's in 4-4 it's in four, four with an extra 2-4 bar at the end of the phrase. Oh, very cool. So, so instead of four phrases of four, he has three phrases of four and one, two just thrown in huh. and then starts it all over to throw you off. You know, it, it's a little thing, but it's 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 a, such a musical thing that I appreciate that it, it, it makes me... It makes me smile when I really mm-hmm. listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. This song for me, it really um, kind of takes me back to listening to the tape. Like this isn't one that I typically would go to and listen to uh, on its own. You know, it's not a, mm-hmm. it's not really a single, and it's not one that like you know I'm I'm going to be hunting for on Spotify or my greatest play greatest hits, which it's not on. Uh, but I really like this one. I actually have a good bit of nostalgic value for this song re-listening to it because it is so silly. And I just remember liking it a lot as a kid because it's just ridiculous and silly. Uh, and and now I'm really just I was kind of digging just listening to it again. So I, I'm a, I'm quite the fan of uh, of You Make Me. Okay, well, let's move on to 
The next one, which is a which is a parody of the song "I Think We're Alone Now," originally written by originally performed by a band called Tommy James and the Shondells. Mm-hmm. This there are two songs on this album that he parodies that other people covered from Tommy James and the Shondells. Oh, so that were originally <laughs> their songs. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Two songs that were originally their songs. Other people covered them, and then Weird Al's doing a parody of those covers. Huh. If I had to, I'm gonna guess. Did he write Moni Moni as well? Correct. Okay, that's that's the only one that kind of fits the style. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. the that was the other one originally performed by uh, huh. Tommy James. And, I, and the honestly, shows. I had no idea that that wasn't a Billy Idol original. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I just maybe I give uh, Billy Idol too much credit, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I love Billy Idol, but uh, yeah, I think you give him too much credit on that one. <laughs> All right, but now we're talking about. I think I'm a clone now. Isn't it strange? Feels like I'm looking in the mirror. What would people say if only they knew that I was part of some geneticist plan? Born to be a carbon copy man. There in a petri dish late one night, they took a donor's body, cell and fertilized a human egg. Clearly, this is a parody of the Tiffany version. Sounds mm-hmm. very 80s, very synthesizer-centric. I really like the lyrics to this song as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't put too much stock. I mean, I shouldn't say stock. I don't pay too much attention to the music that he's playing when it's a direct parody mm-hmm. because I've already heard He's trying to emulate it as much as possible, and I've already heard it. So I, I spend more time listening to what he is saying than I do the music around him when it's a direct parody. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this one is really funny. I, I like the sort of, uh, so, you know, the, the message of the song is, is there's two of him. He thinks he's a clone. He talks about, you know, test tubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, the line, there's a, there's a line in one of the verses where he talks about being in a test tube and he has a, he's in a womb with a view. <laughs> yes. I remember that line. <laughs> <laughs> that one makes me giggle every time. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, he just being able to use simple phrases like he'll he'll go back and forth between using every chromosome as a hand-me-down, mm-hmm. but then he'll also do every pair of genes is a hand-me-down, which works twofold because pair of genes yeah. is a hand-me-down from his friend or genes, G-E-N-E. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just it's really smart writing. It is. You You might think that. It's like, well, I think I'm a clone now. That that seems like a, an obvious one, mm-hmm. and maybe it is. I don't, I don't think I would have thought of. I think I'm a clone now. Yeah, that does that fits because so if, if, well. You know, against the I think I'm alone now. Um, it's right. almost it's almost too easy. But yeah, I mean, the way you put it, Weird Al is he's a fucking lyrical genius, and <laughs> and these songs just absolutely prove it that particularly the parody songs where you're like, yeah, exactly. You don't need to pay attention to the music because you've heard the music a million times and you really listen to what the hell he's saying. And you're like, holy shit, it's pun after pun after pun. And they're all uh-huh. kind of like high level puns. Whereas a kid, you know, you didn't really get it, but now you're like, oh fuck. Exactly. Like the jeans joke. <laughs> you're not going to get that now. 
Holy crap, that is awesome, and it works on so many levels. That's right, I'm talking about Weird Al depth. The man has depth <laughs> in his lyrics, and I fucking love him. And so, yeah, I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I think I'm a clone now too. It's fun. It's 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 just exactly it's just goddamn it's good, John. We're, we're like you know halfway through the album or about that, and I can just tell you, man, listening to this album has made me so happy. <laughs> it really, <laughs> it really just fucking brought me back, and I'm just like you know I, when I'm listening to it and I'm taking my notes, I'm just half the time I have to re-listen to the songs because I'm like I just kind of zone out and get so happy and just like just fucking right. smile and like look off into the distance like you know. Like like I'm an idiot, but it's just oh, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> I uh, I listened to this album a couple times this week, and one time I had I actually had a pretty long drive. I was going from you know I was I was hitting all the different parts of the valley, so I was in the car mm-hmm. a lot, and I got through the album and it got to the end, and I was like, wait, that's it, that's <laughs> it, and so I had I ran it again because yeah. it, it does they yeah. they're fairly short and they go by pretty fast, but you're so into it. And you just by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, oh wait, I want more. I need more Weird Al. Mm-hmm. So I just flipped. I flipped it again and listened to the whole thing. So yeah. uh, have I? T- I think I've told this on the podcast before, but I can't remember. If I told you my weird our Weird Al story, mm, not that I know of. I thought I had, but and, but I'll tell it again because whatever. Uh, in 2007, uh, my wife and I and a couple of members of her family actually got to go to the Grammys in L.A. At oh, the okay. Center. Uh huh. We got to go to the uh, after party or a after party probably not you know not the one that all the big stars went to john uh, just because you're a grammar guy it's an after party not a after party you know just just because you know you were talking about you know grammar and stuff earlier i'm just just wanted to let you know that it's an after party because after party starts with an a just letting you know i fucking hate you Anyway, anyway, we were at an after party. Mm-hmm. Now and now I understand what you're talking about. Oh, you fucking assholes. <laughs> okay, so shutting up now. And uh, performing was Shaka Khan. Shaka, 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 Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Let me rock it. Let me rock it. Shaka Khan. Let me rock it. That's all I want to do. Shaka Khan. Let me rock it. That's what we think of. Actually, she was also really popular in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And she actually pulled uh, Chick Corea on stage to play with her. Uh, Chick Corea, you probably don't know who Chick Corea mm-hmm. is. He's a well-known jazz player, okay. jazz pianist. And they were performing, and so my wife and I were kind of standing up by the stage, just watching. Like I'm watching Shaka Khan and Chick Corea play on stage together. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone who's you know spent time in the jazz world and the pop world will know that. I mean, this I never thought something like this would happen. And my wife starts tugging on my sleeve. Now, I've mentioned this before. My wife does not really get starstruck, mm-hmm. except in two instances, <laughs> and both of them happened at the Grammys. Oh, okay. The first, the first one was actually we went to the pre-Grammys, so it was the Grammys they give out before the big show, mm-hmm. and uh, Tony Bennett walked right by us. Oh, okay. She got a little starstruck with Tony Bennett, which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. But so we're standing there, and she tugs on my sleeve, and I go, "What?" And she sort of nods to her right. And it was Weird Al standing right next to us. Oh, that's awesome! And uh, I, 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 neither of us had the balls to say anything to him. First of all, we were near the stage; it was really loud that he wouldn't have heard us anyway. And uh, I just, I was like, I don't want to be that asshole. I mm-hmm. don't want to be that asshole that says anything to him. I'm just gonna let him be. 
but it was just it was really cool. It was like that's he's weird Al. He's right there. Mm-hmm. You could have grabbed it. You could have cut a lock from his fantastic long hair. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Anyway, we are halfway through the album. Okay. So let's move on to the next song, which is also a direct parody of the song La Bamba. It was performed by Los Lobos, famously in the. I don't remember if it was written for the movie. No, La I mean, Bamba. no, La Bamba was originally, I think, written by uh, Richie Valens, like way back in the day. And this is, and, and the Los Lobos version is a cover, I thought. Uh, I don't. Well, first of all, La Bamba was not written by Richie Valens. It was a. Oh, it, was, it was. It's like a folk song. Okay, so maybe maybe it's very famously performed by him or something, or just a lot of people yes. probably performed you're, it. You're right. He he did uh, he did do a, a version. Okay, um, but the version that I know and most everyone knows is yes. the Los Lobos version, which was on the soundtrack to La Bamba. Yeah, which was yeah. the story and, of Richie yeah. And I think we had the 45 of that one too. Like that's the one that a lot of us have heard. Yeah, most people know that version, mm-hmm. uh, which he's cleverly turned from Mexican to Italian. <laughs> with lasagna. So this one actually kind of breaks the rule of I do actually listen to the background of mm-hmm. this version because first of all he plays into his strengths. Mm-hmm. He's using he's playing accordion, which he's very well known as being a great accordion player. So you get a, you get a lot of these sort of very typical Italian sounds, the the accordion, the mandolin, and mm-hmm. he uses those to his to his uh to his advantage to create this version of the song. Yeah. I like the way that it starts off with the accordion just kind of getting yes. us into it. it. Does it does a good job for that. Well, I mean, if you didn't if you if you listened to the song, didn't look at the name, or if you even if you looked at the name and didn't immediately make the connection that what it, this is what it was going to be, you wouldn't know that this is how it's starting out. Yeah. Cuz it gives you that it makes you think of, "Oh, we're, you know, we're on a a gondola in Venice. Mm-hmm. There's a guy, you know, there's a band off to the side playing and then it goes into lasagna." To me, I like this one. It's definitely on the the lower tier. Yeah. Just because it's 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 a little over the top. It's a little too over the top. Yeah, it's I mean it's very, you know, just playing to the caricatures of Italians. Yeah. Um it, for me, I don't even think that the, you know, as we've kind of gushed about, you know, the lyrics and the writing of Weird Al, I don't think this shows to his strengths. You know, this is not the best writing that he's done. He's just bringing up Italian dishes and Italian, uh, you know, stereotypes. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't dislike it because it's, you know, falling into Italian stereotypes. I just don't think this is one of his best songs. I like it. It's okay. I will listen to it if I have to, but it's not one that I'm actually, uh, really, I would say even a fan of. I agree. Um, there is, so there's not a full length music video. This was actually a single. So he put out this, this was the second single of the album. The first one was fat and that's really the only one that people remember. Um, the second single was lasagna and the third single that came out of this album, um, was, I think I'm a clone now. Fat was the only one that charted. Uh, but, um, lasagna didn't have a full length music video, but it did have like a shortened little segment, uh, that was shown 
in uh, I think it was in 1997, there was a, a Weird Al uh, TV show. It was called the Weird Al Show, and so he, this was just a quick little like uh, it was almost like a UHF kind of you know the the, the movie, right. but just in TV show style. Um, that they had like an Italian family, you know, stereotypical around the table and Weird Al singing. Uh, it, it wasn't okay, but like in general, because the song isn't isn't my go-to, I was just like, eh, meh, all right. You yeah. know, I'm I'm not I'm not clicking skip because I'm listening to all of them for this album for this uh, podcast. But you know, it's just it's it's a meh song for me. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the next one, which is the other original song on this album entitled Melanie. Melanie, what can the problem be, sweet Melanie? Won't you go out with me? this song showcases Weird Al's strengths. Mm. It showcases his musicality with his voice and his ability to harmonize. I don't think that's just him doing the harmonies, but you can definitely hear his voice in the harmonies. Mm -hmm. So you know he's doing a part of it. Uh, As far as the complexity of the song, it's not terribly, terribly difficult. It's a fairly standard, straightforward song. Nothing crazy happens. Well, besides but the I, lyrics, <laughs> besides the guy yes, being crazy. <laughs> yes, besides the guy being crazy in, 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 within the song. Uh, but uh, I just like a lot of the harmonic choices he makes, and I, I, I like the lyrics of this song. Um, it's, not his, it's not his only one on this album that deals with a crazy person. Yeah, true. I don't know. I just like the story he tells. As silly as some of it is, you know, like giving a mohawk to the cat, Mm-hmm. It feels very natural in the way he's singing, yeah. like the story that's coming out. Yeah, I mean, the way he tells a story through his lyrics is awesome, and that's those are some of my most favorite songs from him. Um, this one, I honestly barely remember it. Like, I, I really just kind of almost completely forgot about Melanie, um, and it's pre- it is pretty totally funny. Remembered it? You totally remember it? Okay, I, I mean, totally remembered it. It's pretty funny, um, but, you know, I mean, I, I do like this about this, you know, super kind of creeper guy uh, trying to get this Melanie girl to like like him. And he's, you know, stalking her and he's just being an overall weirdo. Uh, but I, for me, this isn't one of my favorites on the album. It's a very middle of the road to middle lower of the road song. Um, I really like the other crazy person song that's going to come later personally right uh, but uh but this one's okay i mean i can i can definitely listen to it and i can really do i appreciate the lyrics uh the most out of this one because it is it is still a fun story that you get to hear see i'd probably put this one in my top five off this album. Mm. okay i really i really just i really enjoy it yeah yeah I, maybe i don't know maybe it's because it doesn't sound like anything else because yeah. it's one of his originals yeah well i mean i i mean i would probably put this song is just six words long on in my top five, and you certainly wouldn't. Uh, nope. So we, yeah, we have, we've you know we've we've got slightly different uh, Weird Al 
for let's just start doing our top 10 top 10 weird al songs from even worse (laughs) so so 10 of the 11 there's 11 songs so one of them's getting left off which i think would probably be the same for both of us yeah probably it sounds like stuck in the closet with vanna white is the first is the one that's getting getting cut off for me that one's getting the boot yep so now we're going to move on to the next song which is the last direct parody on the album and we already talked about it a little bit. It is Moni Moni as performed by Billy Idol. Here she come now, once her alimony. Bleeding me dry as a bony pony. Working three jobs just to stay in debt now. This is a good parody. It's a mm-hmm. good direct parody of the song. This song doesn't really do much for me either. Mm-hmm. Anything either. Uh, I I I don't. I wouldn't say like it doesn't annoy me. Like this song is just six words long. Does. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, out of all the direct parodies he, that he's done on this album, this this one's probably my least favorite. Oh, okay. Um, just because it's, I, I'm not a huge fan of the song Money Money to begin with. I don't hate the song. If it was on the radio, I'd let it run. But I just, you know, it's it's never been a song that grabbed me. So mm-hmm. while I appreciate the parody and, and you know, all, he's talking about alimony, you know, going into debt and stuff. And it, while it's good, there's nothing in the song that grabs me. Yeah, I, I always liked this song. as I liked it as a kid. And I'd say I probably like it even more now um mainly just because you know i really understand what the hell he's talking about you know i know what alimony is i sure as i don't think i knew what the hell alimony was when i was a, a child um luckily i don't have firsthand knowledge on it uh you know we're me and, me and my wife yeah we're both still happily married men what i do like about this song and what i like about weird al in general is that you know he doesn't just pander to kids a lot of people kind of think of weird al as just like you know a, almost a kid's artist where he's not you know he's a he's a comedic and parody artist and so like you know his stuff is honestly really intelligent when you break it down and you and you really listen to the lyrics and so that's why i think re-listening to alimony I appreciate it more, you know, and, and I, I know what the fuck debt is, man. I find, I know debt way too well. Uh, and so I kind of pulled out this stuff and I thought it was a little bit funnier. So, um, you know, fucking weird Al, he's for everybody. He's not just for the kids, even though a lot of us think of our childhood listening to weird Al, he's not just for kids. And as an adult, his new stuff is fucking fantastic. As you said, word crimes, amazing song. Um, Mm. A lot of his new stuff is. And so that's why I, I overly, or that's why I so respect him. And that's why I think alimony just kind of helps, helps get me there because I, I, you know, I understand it better. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very happy with alimony. It's, it's not my favorite parody song like you, or just like you said. Um, but it's definitely not, you know, it's not the worst in my opinion. So uh, I'm, I'm plenty happy with it. All right. We're coming down the back stretch. Uh, the last three songs on this album are all style parodies. They're all to me. They're all obvious style parodies. Mm-hmm. Like you, I you wouldn't have to tell me who they were parodying. I could just tell by listening to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the the next song uh, is a style parody of the Police, and it is called Velvet Elvis. Velvet 
outfit used to be incomplete Till I saw what I was looking for at a drive-in swap meet My life, it won't be the same again Now I'm proud to say the king lives on inside my den I actually remember this song as a kid mm. and thinking it was really funny. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not really sure why I thought it was funny because <laughs> there was no, there's nothing in the song to make me as a kid laugh other than I just thought the concept of a velvet Elvis was hilarious. Yeah. I I was a weird kid. <laughs> um, and you grew up to be a weird adult. Uh, even weirder adult. <laughs> yeah. First of all, it's, it's a great style parody of the police. Sounds yeah. just like them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. honestly, if I didn't if if I if I didn't know it was a style parody, I would have listened to this song thinking, "Wait, which police song are they parodying here?" Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm kind of like, that's that's what I appreciate the most out of this song. Like, I actually don't really remember this song, um, you know, from from my youth, uh, and Honestly, I'm okay with that. I did not care for this one all that okay. much listening to it. Uh, it's not my favorite on the album. It's definitely on the, you know, bottom. This would be number 10 on Adam's top 10 list, you know. <laughs> it just barely squeaked ahead of uh, uh, Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White for me. It is a decent sounding song. And meeting, exactly as you put it, you know, wanting to parody the style of, of the police, he nailed that. Um, mm-hmm. I just didn't think... The actual like premise of the song and a Velvet Elvis was really all that I don't know interesting and and the right. lyrics didn't really catch me so but that's it you know uh, okay so we'll move on to a parody of the Beastie Boys and an ode to a game that has probably been around <laughs> since our parents were young called Twister. Well, concept and the the lyrics that he puts in there i think the song's a little goofy mm-hmm. i know what he's going for he's basically turned the song into a advertisement for twister like this is something you would see on a commercial yeah yeah and uh, the song's only just barely over a minute so it's even kind of you know commercial length right exactly even. yeah um however just like velvet elvis he nails the style <laughs> of does. the beastie boys especially the you know early to mid eighties beastly boys. Um, he's got, he's the same, the same vocal mannerisms, mm-hmm. like to the point where he's singing two different, he's singing as two different people. It's, but it's both him. Mm-hmm. So, but he's just, he's changed his voice to sort of imitate the, you know, two of the guys from the beastly boys. So you think that there's two people there, but it's just him. So again, his, his musicianship and his attention to detail to, to nail the sound is what's impressive about this. Yeah. It's just it's just the concept of it is just a little goofy. Yeah, it is. I mean, I kind of like the silliness of the concept. Um, but uh, other than that, like this is not a song I actually enjoy listening to. Um, 
partly because I actually don't enjoy the Beastie Boys and particularly the the late 80s Beastie Boys, the mid 80s Beastie Boys. I don't like that sound. Um, things like Sabotage. I'm not a fan of that song. Fucking come at me. Uh, all right. Come at me, bro. I don't I don't. I totally will. I love Sabotage. Yeah. And, and, and just any of that older stuff. Like I just don't. Most of the, most of their newer stuff too. I'm just not a Beastie Boys band. Uh, it's just not not my not my jam. Um, so I, I like that he's kind of making fun of them. Or he's not really making fun of them, but he's like turned it into just a silly thing and an ad. Right. So I like that aspect. But I don't know. This is number nine on Adam's top ten <laughs> of uh, even worse songs. <laughs> just barely above Velvet Elvis. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, and that brings us. To the end. It's a very kind of, a, I think, like appropriate song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a nice soft one. It's a style parody of James Taylor, which mm-hmm. is nice. And like I said, I like that he chose completely different styles for almost all of his direct parodies and style parodies so that mm-hmm. you just get a gamut of styles from kind of the 80s and even a little bit into the 70s. And that's with a song called The Good Old Days. Oh, sometimes I think back to when I was younger Life was so much simpler then Dad would be up at dawn He'd be watering the lawn Or maybe going fishing again Oh, and Mom would be fixing up something in the kitchen Fresh biscuits or hot apple pie And I'd spend all day long in the basement Torturing rats with a hat and pulling the wings off of flies Those were the good old days Those were the good old days The years go by but the memory stays And those were the good old days I can still remember So this one's, uh, it's classic Al. He sets you up with one thing that mm-hmm. you, you think he's going to talk about and then the twist happens and it's it's... If not only is it a uh, departure to what he's talking about originally, it's a departure against the style of song. This is a ballad. It's a it's mm-hmm. a lovely you know James Taylor ballad, like listening to like Fire and Rain or something like that. And then he talks about fucking torturing rats with a hacksaw, <laughs> and you're like, wait, where is this going? <laughs> and then he just dives off the deep end mm-hmm. uh, into the rest of the song. This is a great song. Yeah, I here yeah we agree on that for sure. Uh, th- I, just listening to it again, it kind of flooded back to me. This isn't one that like listening to the just knowing the title, I was just like, huh, I don't remember that song. And then the more I listened to it, it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, and it just gets kind of more <laughs> nutty and nutty. But like he just has his calm demeanor and his James Taylor esque style, um, and it's yeah that 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 juxtaposition between those two things makes the song even funnier. Uh, so. I, I I think this is a solid one. It's a, fo- it's a funny one. Um, and yeah, it really, it's one that you should listen to the lyrics and just, you kind of, you get more and more, um, maybe not disgusted, but you certainly get just, you just like, oh, you get uh, disturbed for sure. More and more yeah. disturbed about this, this fucking psycho who's singing things so calmly. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's most of what there is to say about this stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to Weird Al, you've got to be listening to the lyrics. Yeah. No matter what he's doing, because that's that's his strength. Now that that being said, that being his strength, his musicality shows, and I'm just going to kind of uh, transition into my final thoughts on the mm-hmm. album here. 
his musicality also shows through because shows through because if it sounds you know if it if it sounds exactly like the original he's doing his job mm-hmm. he's making you know he's making you think of the original while giving you new lyrics to 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 listen to because he you know he's not just taking the original music and then putting himself on top of it he's got to recreate it Mm-hmm. Weird Al is just one of those musicians that I have had and will always have nothing but respect for. Um, I have not yet seen a live show, although I believe, I, unless I missed it, I believe he's got a tour coming up next fall where he's playing with orchestras around the mm. world. Oh, shit. Where okay. he, he's doing songs with orchestras. Um, I haven't been able to go see him the last couple of times he's in town, so I might try to go see that. Um, yeah. That's, know, that I, sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So uh, overall, I, I really love this album. Uh, it was really nice to go back and, and revisit it because there were a lot of songs on here I completely forgot about. And then as soon as I heard them, I'm like, oh, yeah. So, I mean, a couple things, a couple ones where I, you know, take them or leave them, but nothing that just, you know, that I think is just horrible. Uh, Weird Al, I hope he lives forever. Mm-hmm. I hope my grandchildren get to enjoy the yeah. comedy of Weird Al. Yeah, um, that's fantastically to, put. <laughs> what, whatever drugs Keith Richards is taking, we've got to give to Weird Al <laughs> to make him last for the next 300 years. Uh, that is extremely well put. I can't say it much better than that. Um, yeah, he's he's a, one of my just all-time, like, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe top 25 artists just from, from what he does, and he's so genius at so many different things um and you know when you find i find he's one of the artists that i kind of put on with my other nerd friends and like we'll just jam out to weird al and and we have a blast because it's just it's silly stuff and we love it but at the same time as you put it it's also fucking genius some of the mm-hmm. stuff is it's particularly the lyrics but also yeah his musicality is amazing so um go check out weird al i don't know if i wouldn't probably call this my my favorite album from him uh but this is a solid album, and I'm still really excited that I got to listen to it again. Uh, and it just kind of gets me more amped up to, you know, probably just go and just listen to some of his full albums again, and and some more to find out some more of those gems, some of those like good old days and stuff that I, you know, aren't aren't on his essentials, but are ones that are really worthy to go try and find. So yeah, go just more weird Al, everybody, just weird Al yourself to death. All right, and that was our review of Even Worse by Weird Al Yankovic. Please join us next time for an all-dinosaur episode as we break down the 1985 film Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend, review the 90s TV show Dinosaurs, and do a fan casting of the comic book series Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram by searching at blastpastcast. If you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com and search for Blast From Our Past Podcast and pick a tier that works for you. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time.